This is Stephen Bonacore, president of Stronghold Games, and this is Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John, and this is Vince, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop, creating legends one die at a time. Good evening everybody, this is episode 77 <laughs> of the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We've got Stephen Bonacar on tonight, the president of Stronghold Games, as you just heard, so thank you for coming on, sir. Oh, thank you. It's just great to be here. I appreciate you uh, having the pod father on. absolutely i've been looking forward to this one before we get into anything else because i actually remembered uh we have a thing at the beginning of the podcast called something cool so do you have anything cool that's been going on recently oh i mean this is like one of the without a doubt one of the busiest times of the year i mean first of all we're we're still in convention season um you know we're just back from essen a couple of weeks and between essen and BGG Con, sort of in the end of the year, we're in like major testing mode for all of our games for 2017. So we take all the games we brought back and we, we sit down weekend after weekend. Uh, we had a big test weekend last weekend at Metatopia in New Jersey, um, mm-hmm. designed a publisher convention, and it was a blast. Essentially, we have too many good games. We got to limit it down. We got we to cut it down to something more manageable. It's It's... It's going to be another great year, I'm sure. Awesome. That's great. Uh, one of one of our uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Fandible, they go to uh, Metatopia every year. I don't know if you ran into them there. So I'm running around. They're a good good group of people. There, um, I don't know everybody there, of course. It's a, pretty, it's a fairly large convention, but um, probably saw them there if they walked by the, uh, the board gaming area and the uh, private room area, which is where we were. Okay. All right. So uh, you'd mentioned you just came back from Essen. How did that go this year? Uh, Essen was absolutely incredible. I mean, I, in, in Essen 2015, I said that I would never have an Essen as good as that. We had 504 last year was the big release. And of course, I was completely wrong. It was even a bigger show again this year for us because we had, we had, we had seven new releases and, and un- I mean, unprecedented as far as I know, we had three releases in the top 10 of the Geek Buzz on Board Game Geek. Uh, the, the Board Game Geek, every, every one of their big shows, they have a, a Geek Buzz where you can go and you can, you can click like, you know, the games that you played and liked. It's sort of like giving it a thumb on, on Facebook or something like that. Sure. And we had Terraforming Mars, Great Western Trail, and Fabled Fruit all in the top 10 at number one, number five, and number nine. So... I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, it's just, it's humbling. It's, it, the, the reception to the games has been great. And, uh, you know, Stronghold is um, having a really, really great year, of course, because of this. Cool. Very cool. Um, I'm assuming you do just, you know, tons and tons of conventions, um, you know, and conduct a lot of business there. Do you ever get to go and just kind of enjoy it and sort of take it uh-huh. in and... Well, no, not at the like sort of the working conventions, I guess you can say, um, uh, Origins and and Gen Con and and uh, and Essen. Those are really, really, really heavy duty working conventions for me. But at Board Game Geek Con, BGG Con, it's sort of the end of the season. We still have a booth, and we still I still do work at the convention, but um, I really 
tend to have a good time, you know, with the gamers at that convention as much as any. Also, Dice Tower Con. I didn't get, I haven't had a booth there. I've been there now. Um, th- I went there this year and didn't get a booth, and I'm probably going to go back again, and we'll see what happens about about booth. But that's another can- convention where I really do just chill out, relax, spend time with the gamers, and definitely uh, do some gaming myself. All right, nice, nice. Uh, let, let's take a big step back. How did you first get into gaming? What was your, you know, what was your early experiences and stuff like that? Oh, I mean, I've been a gamer for every, for, for my entire life, without a doubt. Um, I mean, from from being a child, you know, all the way through the current stage, I've always been a gamer. Um, you know, when when I got a little older, um, you know, I went through all of those stages of being a gamer too. So, like in like, uh, you know, when the when the PC just came out. I'm, a little older than most people out there. So, so the IBM PC, actually I had an Apple two plus, you know, and I, so I started getting into computer games on that and then on the, on the IBM compatible machines. Um, so that was the early stage kind of as an adult. And then, um, I was into role playing games big. I, and I, I would still be there now if it wasn't for a time factor. I've always loved role playing games. Um, big D and D player got into, uh, vampire, the masquerade as well. The world of darkness series. Um, I um during the nineties I um I dabbled a lot in uh, the collectible card games and magic. Um I did V Test, which is was also called Jihad when it first came out. It's it's the World of Darkness vampire game. Best multiplayer CCG out there. Absolutely think it's a phenomenal game. Still to this day, it still has a cult following. Um and then the Euros came out, you know, during the um during the, the mid late nineties and I started like seeing that the whole Eurogame revolution from from Europe taking place. Um, and it's sort of like went full circle. I went back to like saying like, you know, I want to be in front. I want to be with people. I want to be around a table and I want to be playing games, you know, and that's better than the com- sitting in front of a computer. Um, it is the way that I want to experience games. I'm a social person, obviously. I'm a very type A, you know, extrovert. And I, and I want to be in front of people and I want to be with my friends and people, and even people I don't know and just socializing in front of a, uh, in a, in a table environment and not like, you know, sitting there, you know, on my phone or something like that, you know, and playing something that, that, that to me is, is not, not the way I want a game. I want to be with people. I want to be around a table. I want to game with them. Right. And and that's the great part about it. I mean, it is this such a, a cool social activity to get together. And, you know, there's all different levels Like you have, you know, hardcore alpha gamers just want to win and, you know, they're all into it. I was just at RinCon was one of our local conventions here and they had an X-Wing tournament and guys were just screaming, yeah, you know, and you had people's, you know, more subdued playing board games and other stuff. So it, you know, really runs the gamut. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, and I, yeah, gaming can be taken as seriously as you want or as casual as you want. I'm definitely on the casual side and i really enjoy just um um and i'm I'm like a big fan of party games you know we get together um every two weeks with um sort of like a couple's kind of crowd you know and it's just people some of the people that come aren't even gamers but but everyone will sit around and play like catchphrase with you or code names you know code names just the, the ultimate great light party game that anybody can get into so you know it's um and and it's a great way to show people that you know you can, you can you can actually play games again and uh, and not be thought of in a weird way. And so, yeah, really excited to uh, to be part of this industry because we are in the business of creating fun. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And and when things you know, regardless of the election, whatever you know, the economy's down. 
games and and you know comic election really yeah (laughs) but you know comic books and those sorts of things it's it's an easy cheap escape and you know where you think well you don't have to pinch every penny you know recession and all the stuff that we've been through over the last you know 15 years or whatever um you you get a huge bang for your buck and you spend a hundred bucks on a game maybe but you have that game literally forever you know if you have something like battlestar galactic or terraforming mars or you know, Fable of Fruit, you know, you sit down and play for a couple of hours and you can just sure. disconnect, you know, disconnect from the world and, you know, focus on, you know, friends and relationships and family and all that kind of stuff and having a good time and kind of, you know, recharging those batteries. And, you know, it's just such a great, um, you know, just a great thing. Yeah, it certainly, and it certainly is a great bang for your buck, too. People say, like, oh, my God, hobby games cost so much. But um, if anybody's been to the movies lately, you know, it's going to cost you as much as a, you know, a, a fairly pricey uh, game right now just to go, you know, with uh, your, your wife or, and your wife and your kids or something like that. It's going to be – mm-hmm. it's a big nut to, uh, to do that. You can buy a game, you know, for, for that much or less and, and play it again and again. And again, you know, and you're and you're doing it all together, and it's a it's a ball of fun. So that's the way that's the way to go. Absolutely. Uh, do you have? Uh, you were saying that you know you guys are playing a lot of party games. Do you have a favorite you know style of game? Are you you know really big into Euros or just kind of focus on like party stuff right now? I certainly, I certainly, I certainly love party games because I and I mentioned that before. My but my uh, in general, what I really love to do is um, games where there is a lot of interaction, um, a lot of conflict, because in conflict is that trash talking and all that kind of stuff that goes on. So I do love, I do love American style games um, uh, over Euro games. I publish a lot of Euro games. I publish a lot of heavy Euro games. A Great Western Trail, you know, my big, you know, another very big hot game right now, and it's certainly a, it's certainly a, a sort of a, a heavyweight Euro. Um, but I really, my, my favorite stuff, Hidden trader games and games with lots of conflict in it. And I, I've said this on many podcasts. My favorite game of all time is War of the Ring. That game is the most thematic, the most mechanically perfect. Every game ends up with like either Frodo dunking the ring or the last <laughs> stronghold on Middle Earth gets taken over. And so I mean, I give shout out to shout outs to that game constantly because it is it is just great for the people who like that style of game. So that's normally my, my go-to, but I'm an Omni gamer. I literally will play anything with the right group of people. Uh, I, I, I would like people not to be so serious that they have to win at all costs and they AP the game until, <laughs> until they suck all the fun out. But besides that, I just, you know, I love playing games. I'll play anything. Just let's have a good time when we're doing it. Cool. Uh, this, this is more a little bit more of an esoteric question, something I ponder occasionally. Uh, I picked up Lanterns at Rencon, and, you know, I'd seen it across, uh, across Twitter, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't, it looks maybe fun. I don't know, like, what's, what's the attraction? Uh, and I got a chance to play it there, and it was fun. I wound up picking it up. Um, but so I don't know how to really put the question into words. What do you think makes a game fun? Like, what's the appeal of certain types of? And I guess it varies for everybody. You know, what they're they you know really enjoy the theme or the mechanics right. or whatever it is. But do you can you speak to that at all? No, and I think this is a very it's a very personal question. It really is because what I think is fun, what makes something fun for me, is not necessarily what makes it fun for you. And there's no right or wrong answer to this question. Um, right. There are people who like who think chess is the most fun thing in the world. Chess is a, is a brilliant concept for gaming. 
but it's a very abstract war game sort of that goes on forever and has a lot of memory components to it when you play it at a really high level. Um, but if that's what you're into, then that's what you're into and that's, that's okay. So it's a very personal thing. I've already, I've stated that what I want is, is a social experience around the game table. Um, I know, I mean, I like the Euro gamers want essentially to solve, solve the, the game system, try to conquer and make the most of the game system. Make, Try to see if they can if they can do it better than you, right? I want to do this game better than you. I'm going to score the most victory points. I'm going to push the most cubes here or there. Sure. That's great. Um, I'm 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 flabbergasted by the response right now to terraforming Mars. Right, terraforming Mars is tearing it up, right on on Board Game Geek. It's been Huge. pinned at number one for for two months now, and it's been in the top five since before Gen Con. Uh, we've been, we're sold out of it. We've been sold out since before it was actually even released on September 28th. It was sold out into distribution. And for the life of me, I can't tell. I mean, everybody wants to know, what's that secret sauce? What did you mix in there? For the life of me, I'm hard-pressed to say, well, obviously this game is great because X. And (laughs) every publisher would love to know that. Um, (laughs) It has hooked, it it has gotten a visceral... Uh, response with people. Some, they, just, they just love this game and I think it's on a number of different levels. Their fun in this game is because in, on some level they're, they, you know, they love the mechanics are great and the combinations they can make with cards but I'm thinking that the biggest reason that that game is, is so big is the theme. What does that mean? People are hooked into the fact that you know Mars, Mars is hot. Mars is in our future. Mars is in pop culture. They see that as sort of where we're going as, um, as the human race. We're going to be on Mars. Probably in our lifetime, human beings will set foot on the planet Mars. That's extraordinary. And terraforming Mars, of course, is changing the entire planet, so set 400 years in the future. But they see this as something that they're, they can actually kind of experience in their lifetime. Um, so they're actually getting there. So and that's a very long answer to the question of what, you know, what is fun in a game. I think fun is what you derive out of it and what you're looking to get out of it. That's the sure, way I would sure. put it. Okay. Um, so you, you started Stronghold in, uh, in 2010 uh, with, uh, with uh, Kevin Nesbitt. Uh, what, what was kind of the drive to sort of get into gaming, you know, in, as far as in, into the industry? Yeah. I'd been studying the um, – uh, the industry before that. Um, I've got, I've got a, a, a very big business background educationally. I've been on, I was on Wall Street in IT for, for a long time, for my entire career. In fact, just actually left doing that fairly recently to, com- to commit myself to Stronghold Games 100%. Um, and in studying the industry and seeing what was happening and seeing the companies that were, that were ex- excelling. Uh, I said that I think that I could bring um, a level of discipline from my business background, uh, a level of intelligence, a level of smarts, and all the gaming background and say, you know what, I, I, can, I can bring something here. I could do this as good or better than, than others out there. So I, um, I hooked up with a, with a business partner at the time 
and we we launched the company. Technically, we we, uh, we launched in 2000, late 2009. First games were out in 2010, and that was Code 777. Now out of print, Confusion. Now out of print as well, and Survive: Escape from Atlantis, which is our biggest selling game. So, uh, Survive sells more year over year every year, and it's absolutely astonishing what that game's doing because it's the, like the ultimate gateway game is and it's even before gateway i call it a casual game because you literally you can take that game you can play it with your kids you can play it with your grandmother you can play it with your 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 girlfriend your spouse your boyfriends you can play it with your buddies drinking beer and backstabbing each other and cursing at each other <laughs> it's a universal game as long as you don't mind being a little bit mean to each other because it isn't that of a, it's a little bit of a mean game but it's a game that really like just transcends um uh, all of the the different types of people out there. So um, that you know, getting that game as being sort of the um, the the hallmark of the company is the and and the first game that we actually did that that made it and really hit big was a really good thing for Stronghold Games. Cool. And and you bring that you know Jersey New York attitude. Of, <laughs> I'm going to do it better than everybody, and uh, you know I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to kick your butt doing it. <laughs> well, I I you know I it's no I mean I. <laughs> it's interesting the way you put that. I mean, I certainly didn't have it that oh, I could do it better than these guys. But it's more like, well, you know what? I mean, um, it was more like I could bring, I can bring all my background, and then, you know, possibly transition from being a corporate person. I would say corporate drone, maybe to uh, to being, you know, something where you guys can put my passion in it. Because this is a certainly an industry about passion. You know, we we all want to be in this because we love. We love gaming and we love what we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's 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 nice to say, you know, hey, I could do this better than you. But, <laughs> but more than that, it's you know, it's like I can do this. I can bring I can bring certain disciplines to this, and then I can I can love what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I had a fairly, you know, a vice president at a at, at several major um, Wall Street firms, so it was a good job, make, making good money. So it was a long time to transition away from that to uh, slim margins and and sixteen hour days. But you know, now that I'm now that I'm here, I'm very 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 happy to be here. It's a it's a great industry. So there's no turning back. It's just a wonderful thing <laughs> to be here. That's great. Yeah. And, and you, you come from that other aspect. Like, you know, I think a lot of people get into it because of the love of games on the front end, and then they have to figure out all the other aspects where you're like, okay, I understand this part of it for sure. Now let's, you know, let me, let me figure out the gaming side of it, you know, sure. from, from being a fan into getting, you know, kind of into the nuts and bolts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, um, you know, I, I, I needed, I needed that, you know, that business side, to really, really get things successful, and then you know you you study the, the the game industry and you see what's what's happening. You know, we we started by by bringing back games that that people really wanted to see back in print. Every one of those games I just mentioned was actually a reprint of of an older game that you know if people were watching would say like, well, they they the, the demand is is up for these, or they're seeing it being sold on eBay for high prices. So you're just being smart. You're saying, well, if if survive. He's going for seventy-five, a hundred dollars. I can do a, a fifty-dollar version or a forty-dollar. Survive sells for forty dollars right now, and I think it's one of the best values in gaming. There's so much in that box. If um, I can bring it out and do it better than the old Milton Bradley versions, they were horrible. I mean, they were what they were. They're mass market games, and they sold them for twenty, fifteen, twenty dollars when they came out. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll 
you know, triple the the uh, component quality in the game. I'll make it beautiful looking and sell it to hobby gamers at uh, at a great price point. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was it just made sense to go in that route. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking to that, you guys, you know, have super high quality. Uh, you know, you. all the games. Uh, you know, the the little metallic. Uh, plastic pieces for for terraforming Mars. Just, yeah, thank you. It's like, wow, this is just so cool. I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really excited about that, and I, I got to give props to uh, Fricks Games, uh, who are the development house, the design and development house on that. You know, we did a lot of end end development with them, but um, in the end, when we came to the production aspects of it, they they came back and proposed the way the game should look, and I was like. Yeah, very good. I mean, very often we take the game and we'll we'll make all those decisions. But you know, they were so integral in the process, and they got the partners for this too. So we have worldwide English rights, and there's a German partner and a uh, and a Polish partner on the first printing. And the game is so hot that I literally think that we're in the in the third printing because the second printing has already been commissioned. In the third printing, I believe we're going to have upwards of fifteen partners on this project. So. Um, this is a game that's going to have legs. It already is eclipsed into the top 50 on Board Geek Geek uh, uh, rankings. Uh, not that that's the end all to be all, but it certainly shows that gamers have embraced this thing, and they're really saying this. You know, this is a game that that they want to be playing and they want in their collection. So it's um, it's going to be a good thing. It's gonna it's gonna drive us um, you know through 2017. And by the way, unannounced, we have four. Four expansions in the works for it, which is great. Wow, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Very, that's very great. good. Uh, now, do you do any designer development yourself, or do you, I mean, you have people that that do that for you? I am not a designer. I always say that I'm not smart enough to be a designer. Um, uh, I have a designer credit a little bit on board game B because of like you know work on it on expansion for survive but i'm not a designer but i'm certainly a developer every every publisher essentially assuming they're a gamer is going to be a developer because they're going to play the games and then they're going to make suggestions and they're going to a develop developer means right they take that design and they kind of coax it into the next level so certainly a little bit of development um but i always look for great designers to work with and I'll plug my great designer series, which I now has seven games in that line, including um, four of them right coming out like right now. Great Western Trail, The Fog of War. I got to go look at my website to remember the other, <laughs> the other two because there's so many of them. Come on quickly. Uh, Sola Fide, The Reformation with J- by Jason Mash- Matthews and Christian Leonard. Uh, and Jorvik by Stefan Feld. So all those games coming out. Um, I like to work with great designers and smart people. Uh, you can't do everything yourself. So, um, you know, you need, you need to bring those kind of people around you to do those things. And, uh, you know, that's a po- portion that either is done completely outside of the company or, you know, I do work closely with a few designers that are almost like members of the company, like Jeff Engelstein. I mean, you know, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, Andrew Parks as well, and these guys are like so close to me that like you know when, when I'm doing a game by them, they're like you know we're like literally getting together constantly and like you know tweaking things and constantly in emails and constantly getting together and doing stuff. So that's my that's sort of my 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 closest in-house team, I guess you can say, if you're going to talk about uh, in-house design. Sure. Okay. And, and you have many uh, strategic strategic partnerships across the industry. Yes, um, I do. 
Do you, so do you have anybody that's strictly just in-house or is it more of this, you know, strategic partnership sort of thing where they're like, okay, we want to, you know, design something with you or, you know. Well, Stronghold Games is me. It's just me. So um, okay. <laughs> uh, there is nobody officially like in-house employed, though those kind of things could be changing. I, I, work, I work with a, um, um, a fairly closely knit team of, of um of artists and uh, and graphic design people, specifically Bill Bricker, a great artist and uh, graphic design person that does all of our in-house stuff. So, I mean, he's as close to being on staff as possible. I mentioned uh, um, I mentioned uh, Jeff and Andy, who every time we work together, we kind of work very close together. Paul Inkeo um, is like my my lead developer on like all my projects. So when we're when we're looking at games, um, this guy has got so in tuned to game design and he works very closely, especially on those partnerships, those strategic partnerships that you know, we bring from Europe. So we bring a game over, and there's got to be some little things that might have to be changed on almost anything. So he works closely with those partners to make sure they work. I'll give also give a shout-out to Jeff Gamble. Uh, he does the Longview podcast, and he was integral, integral in getting Terraforming Mars uh, from, from when it was first pitched to us, which was two years ago uh, we got that pitched at, Essen 2014 and uh, Fricks Games, they wanted to bring it out for Essen 2015. And after working, it just, just wasn't there. Jeff continued tirelessly working on on the development of that game to get it to where it is now. And I think obviously it's it's paid off because it's it's so good and, and so wonderful. Um, and those strategic partnerships, those you know, those are the ones that I've I've worked on and fostered over the years. Though all those, of course, are outside of the company. And I'll, I'll give the shout out to. Pegasus, I'm um, sorry, to Eggert Spieler. They work with Pegasus Spieler. Eggert Spieler, Spielworks, Artipia Games, um, um, <laughs> and 2F Spieler. I had to think of all my all the partners <laughs> we have there. 2F Spieler. And, and these guys are great because they're, they're truly some of the, the, greatest, um, the greatest European game companies out there. And, and they've selected Stronghold, you know, obviously via me fostering relationships with them and seeing them and meeting them over time. They've fostered these relationships with us so that we can, you know, we can bring these games to not, not only to North America, but across the world because we do have a worldwide distribution. So it's been, a, it's, it's been great and, and more of this is to come in the future with a, without, without doubt. Cool. All right. Uh, so if, uh, you know, say I designed the game and I'm like, hey, I want to try to get this out there. Uh, do you guys accept uh, outside submissions from, you know, relatively unknown designers? That's, that's, there's actually a sad, I guess, answer to that question. It's, it's, it's <laughs> no. Um, I, I have to answer no a lot to um, unsolicited submissions. And uh, then people say, well, how do I get solicited? But <laughs> the point is that <laughs> you can't. We don't. What we do is we, we seek out the designs that we want we like you know we'll find them on our own we go especially with having so many partnerships out there right and that's and that's sort of the point we have so many of these partnerships out there that the games are being fed into into us to then go and bring them to market uh for the english-speaking countries and across the world in general um it's few and far between these days where a completely, you know, unknown designer, you know, gets in, gets on my radar and then we do the game with them. I mean, there are, there are certain, we have, we certainly have several of them that, that we're actually looking at now, but it's, I, I'm, if, if you're, you know, a startup designer and you've got a design, and even if you think it's the greatest thing in the world and you've blind tested it, I'm probably not the best company to come to. Oh, look at that. We have a cat. 
Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I got I, I got to get Percy in here. He's an orange cat too. Um, so, sorry about that. I saw him on the on the screen. I love cats. Yeah, he's um, usually here. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, so I'm not probably not the best company for like that that first time designer um to to come to. You know, we we already have so many established uh these partnerships and games that you know we are we're we're working on. So. You know, we have to limit. There's only so much time you have. I mean, right? I mean, it's me essentially full time, of course, and it's right. and it's associates of mine who don't get paid much, or if they, or or zero, and mostly get paid in games and beer and and pizza <laughs> and love and things like that. So, um, you know, that's that's how it how it works out right now. So, uh, it's a lot quicker, and that's sort of something I guess uh, to make mention of. It's a lot quicker to, to you know to have a have somebody who's already a partner across the seas, who's already got the game, they've got all the artwork done, they got the rules done, and what we have to do is we have to vet it, just tweak it, check it out, make sure it works, make sure the English rules are right, of course, you know, cause sometimes because right. it's coming from German partners very often, and slap a logo on it, and then it's our game as well. That process is a lot easier than going from chits and and little pieces of cardboard on right and all of a sudden like okay take that all the way up until a published game so we got to go path least resistance in a lot of cases so we might miss out on some things but we have to do it that way sure no, that's understandable um so it seems like a lot of companies specialize in the releases but you you've got games like in all categories you're kind of you know broadly blanketing the industry is, is that intentional it is. It's very intentional. In fact, I um, from the beginning, I've always said that I I, I didn't want to be uh, known as oh those guys do heavy euros or those guys do American style games. I want to I wanted every gamer to say at some point, oh you know well what stronghold got in that style of game? And up until recently, I the only the only game uh, hobby game that I didn't have was a war game, but. Now I do. I now have Jeff Engelstein's The Fog of War, which is a very, very different take on the European theater of war during World War II. So um, I'm now officially across the spectrum with every style hobby game. I'm obviously not, not going to do you know, role-playing games. We're not going to do miniatures games and CCGs. That's a whole other. And those are almost tangentially in, in the industry. Hobby board games and card games, of course, is one portion of 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 gaming and hobby gaming that's where we're going to be and now we're, we're we're across that full spectrum and that's that's exactly where i wanted to be cool all right um so this is the more industry question um mm -hmm. how do you how do you feel about the consolidation in the industry you know vis-a-vis -vis like asmodee like every year they're buying this company and that company and you know sucking up podcast you know there's consolidation in podcasts and and reviewers and things like that which yeah generally you look at consolidation and go not so great <laughs> i just got a text from tom Vassell of all things it's pretty funny that <laughs> you mentioned consolidation in podcasts um no, just uh, talk, talking about like Asmodee and and that because obviously that's the eight hundred pound gorilla gorilla in the room, and that's the one that everyone is um, um, is talking about as you know as as being maybe a negative thing. And I and I've said on on many podcasts and on my own podcast, by the way, Board Games Insider. Let me plug that while I'm while I'm talking. Um, we talk about the industry, and and I'm firmly of the belief that what um, Asmodee is doing. Uh, is actually good for the industry. Why? 
because they are they are a, you know like a billion dollar company they're pouring tremendous amounts of money into this industry and that and that goes you know into marketing into <clears throat> the local retailers and what they're doing for local retailers, um, the more that they do that, the bigger the industry can get, the bigger that we can all grow together. Um, in the end, it, some people have said, well, now we have less choices since, so, since it's all under them. But in the end, it's, it's one asthma day and there's a thousand other publishers. So you still have a thousand choices that you want. I mean, plenty of them are very, 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 very small one-off Kickstarter companies, but, but that would be the case anyway. Asmodee has essentially bought the biggest companies and they have, from what I can see, let them run exactly as they were running before. No difference, no changes in quality, very well-run companies, um, very good IPs, and they continue to do it. Um, I can only think that this is good for the industry. And it shows, by the way, from my background on Wall Street, that the industry is very healthy. There's only two times in, in an industry where you see consolidation of this magnitude. When there's a sickness in the industry and like companies are getting gobbled up for something that they have in it, and that's like an IT thing. The company has something. They have this like one technology. Company gets bought, they take the technology, they throw everybody out of the company, they strip it, strip it to the bones. That's the sick. That's when an industry is sick, so to speak. Right. But that, but that doesn't exist sort of here because we only have they have we have games, and that's it's different. It's not a technology-driven thing. And then the other time is when it's very healthy and people are making lots of money. And then the big guys say, "Wow, those guys are doing really good. Let me buy them." Oh, those guys are doing really good. Let me go out and buy them. And that's what Asmodee is doing. They're picking really great companies. They're and they're and they're absor they're absorbing them, and then they're letting them run. I I can't see a, a true downside to this. At some point, could there be? Maybe, but I think that we are still such a small cottage industry with a huge growth rate of like twenty percent per year, which is tremendous in any industry. Um, I'm I'm very, very pro what's what's going on right now. I think I think we're all we're all going to grow together. Okay, all right, that's. That's fair. Uh, interesting, uh, because you know we're very ancillarily <laughs> um, affiliated with you know gaming in the industry and stuff. I mean, you know, we podcast, we do APs, and you know, we re, re wow, we review board games and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so to to get kind of get that inside take on things is interesting for me uh, as someone who's you know just kind of on the periphery of what's going on. So so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, and you, you jumped the shark on me. You do have your own podcast, Board Game Insider. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been doing that? Um, I have been doing Board Games Insider now for, ooh, let me think now. It's going on, is it going on two years? God, it goes, things, things happen so fast. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're now like um, uh, going, on, going on 50 episodes now. And we started out, we were doing them biweekly for, um, for quite some time. And just recently, have gone to a weekly, uh, a weekly format. And so it's a, it's Ignacy Chevichek of Portal Games and Stephen Bonacro of Stronghold Games. And um, every two weeks, we get together and we talk about news in the industry, um, tips about you know getting into the industry or how things work in the industry, and then like you know the inside of what's happening at Portal Games and Stronghold Games. And then on the off weeks, Ignacy will interview 
a designer in the industry because that's his thing. He's not only the president of the company, he's a game designer. That's his, that's what he really loves. He's not a business, like the business end. He likes the designing end. And I will, and I will interview a publisher in the industry. So now we're, so now we're adding extra content into our feed. So um, we're now weekly, even though Ignacy and I together get together every two weeks and uh, it's going great. I mean, I think that we're on the Dice Tower Network um, and I think that we're, we're giving something, you know, to gamers that other podcasts aren't because as, as you just mentioned, you know, we're, we're kind of like, you know, opening the kimono a little bit and showing you what goes on inside, what, what our take is on, on the news and the industry, what, it, you know, ways of, of touching base with people in the industry and then what's actually happening inside the company. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun. And again, it's a one of the, another one of those ways that, I mean, I love, you know, I love touching and being with gamers and just, just trying to, just trying to make high contact. So to me, it's just another way that I can, I can do that. And it's, um, it's been a great, been a great run. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's sort of transparency to kind of get, you know, the insider views as to what's kind of going on and trends and things that are happening. I, again, for, you know, for someone like me on the periphery, it's interesting to get all that information and sort of, you know, kind of put stuff together, especially when I go into the board store, the board game store, you know, cause it, you know, it gives you a little bit of a different perspective when you kind of get that nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we, 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 he and I are like as about as different people as you can possibly imagine too. And I think that gives it, that makes it very interesting too, because like, you know, he's a kind of stoic Polish guy. He drinks tea and I'm like this like gregarious alpha crazy person from New Jersey and New York, you know, who <laughs> loves, loves his beer. So we, 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 we make a real odd couple on the, uh, on the podcast. And I think it's, uh, we kind of, we kind of give it a, a fun spin as well for that reason. Mm-hmm. And and you're super into craft beers too, right? Is that that's one of the ah, yes, things I, I just, read about you? Just hinted that, and I am super super into craft beers. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have a you know this there's an app out there called Untapped. I've, I've been talking mm-hmm. about this a couple of times. It's like the it's like you know. Um, it's like Facebook for or what's that, like Foursquare, I guess you can say for um, uh, for beer geeks. You go, you check in your beers, and you rate them, and um, and it'll keep track of like all of the, the different numbers of beers that you've had. I've got a stupid number of <laughs> of check-ins on there that like <laughs> I can't. I won't even say it. It's just a ridiculous number <laughs> of unique beers checked in because it's my. It's like another hobby. It's like another game. I have gamified my beer. So every time I go to another place, I'm like, oh, wait, I haven't had that one. Must have that one. Check it in. You know that kind of thing. So, yeah. No, I. I'm also um. Back in the day, I don't do it now. I'm a certified beer judge. You know, you actually get a certification in that by the BJCP, Beer Judge Certification Program. And they go out there and they, 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 um, they judge at homebrew competitions and stuff. So, hey, it's just another geeky thing that I do because I am a geek. Soup to nuts, geek, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go see, uh, go see um, Dr. Strange on Friday because I, I couldn't go last weekend because I was at Metatopia, as we mentioned. So, I can't wait right. to go see that. I hear, I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, it looks really good. I, I'm I'm not super comic book, you know, superhero sort of thing, but it, it looks like a really good movie. I, I'll probably go check it out. Um, I I fell in love with them. Um, not not the comic books themselves, but like I fell in love with um, the animated series that were really good. You know, back in the day, like the the X Men 
animated series was fantastic and the and and, and the batman series so i fell in love with those things and then like when the movie started i mean now they they can pump you know 80 million dollars into a production so it's just fantastic and then on the television now geek tv is off the charts now i mean you got all this great mainstream geek tv uh, arrow uh flash marvel's agents of shield gotham gotham it's just amazing these shows so um that's how i spend by the way i mean okay with with a beer and watching those geek <laughs> shows is how i spend my evening so um you know right before this i actually watched an episode of gotham had a beer <laughs> and now we're talking and then, and then after this then i go to bed <laughs> yeah. get up, and then get up very early in the morning and start the day again trying to create great games Mm-hmm. I've got uh, this past weekend's uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead on there. I got to watch still. <laughs> I'm falling behind. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, oh man! Oh, it's great. It, so, uh, Evil Dead was a uh, like a C grade horror movie that came out like right. late seventies. They redid it as uh, you know Ash uh, or Evil Dead Two, which was horror comedy. I guess fantastic. The third one, eh, Metza Metza. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah the the, nice. but the the tv series is great it you know kind of holds to the to that second movie you know kind of moving into the third one it, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch you know tons of blood and gore and oh, you know, cool. it's dumb you know it's you know you know what you're getting when you sign in <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um well but being in new jersey talking about craft beers and everything else i mean new jersey tons and tons of wineries are you a wine drinker at all or no um, well, when I can't find a good beer, I will, uh, I will go to, um, I will go to some big reds. That's, that's kind of my thing. Um, but these days it's very easy to find good beer. So, uh, are you in New Jersey? Wait a minute. Now that you're saying, you know, you say Meza Meza in New Jersey. Are you in New Jersey? I, I born and raised, uh, I was born in East Brunswick in that area there about, you know, central-ish, uh, moved down me? to Burlington County. Yeah. I lived in the, in, the, um, Mount Holly, Lumberton, uh, Burlington County, all East Hampton, all the way around there, and oh, wow. moved out to Arizona a couple of years you, ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but all right, uh, but you have a buddy that is on the podcast that is in New Jersey, right? Yeah, Vin, Vince lives in New Jersey still. Yeah, right. I'm trying. Do I know him? Not that like we all know I, each other. But. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't part of the email thread or anything else. But yeah, I mean, if you watch some of the episodes, kind of like in preparation, you might have seen him. But. <laughs> I, I, um because you said you know you you in east brunswick i mean like that's like 10 minutes from where i live now that's that's i live in somerset you know right next mm-hmm. to new brunswick new jersey so uh yeah so uh we're uh, we're paisans from from the old school here you yeah, know yeah. i'm actually on my way out of new jersey at some point i don't know if you've heard that i'm going to be leaving to uh for warmer climates of florida at some point uh the uh, the time frame of that is not exactly known yet but that's the ultimate goal now that i've lost ties to this area from a from um you know a work perspective i don't have to be here anymore i can run stronghold from anywhere so i might as well go to a uh, a better climate better taxed state lower cost of living state than new jersey so uh florida here i come mm, you might want to look in arizona it's really nice here <laughs> i i've heard it is very nice there but I think uh, I think all, a lot of my people from New Jersey and New York all they all they all <laughs> go down to Florida. So uh, I think I'll follow I'll follow the uh, the trend for the uh, my the, the Italians. They all end up going down to Florida. So that's where I'm going. All right, I got gotcha. you. Uh, did you watch uh, sports at all? Did you watch the Eagles Giants game last week or no? 
I am, you know, that's one of those things that I just, I can't, I just, something's got to give. And I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, back in the day, I, I was, a, I was a big sports fan, um, you know, and, and all the New York's, you know, the Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, I was into all, into all those, but really now I just, I just don't have the time at all. And, uh, so now, um, I watch poker because <laughs> it's a game. <laughs> You know, I watched the World Series of Poker. I watched that like in that live feed that they had. That was that was phenomenal. I do that, and I do that every year because I really think poker is a great sport and a great just a great game. So I just uh, I do that every year, and uh, that 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 just it just concluded like this week. So it was it was a lot of fun. Okay, well that's cool. Uh, I used to I watch Sumo every once in a while. You'd get it on one Sumo. of those weird ESPN channels. Be like, oh, this is so cool. No, that's something I've never seen. I got to tell you, sumo wrestling on uh, like live. No, I, that, that I've never seen. Yeah, I, I guess like once a year they have like their whatever their major competition is or something. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but <laughs> it's it's interesting to say the least. I want to say tell you, Tom is mocking me from being on yet another show here. I see his <laughs> his text as I texted him back. I said, "Oh, I can't talk right now. I want a want a podcast." He says, "You'll sleep with any podcast." So I guess we're sleeping <laughs> together here. He goes, "We have standards on our show." <laughs> I'll, I'll we've got him. the we've got that Jersey connection, you know. That's right. That's right. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Don't mock other podcasts. That's right. <laughs> hey, we're all in this together. Come on. That's now. right. Absolutely. No, he's teasing. We he and I, we know we. <laughs> We have this arch nemesis thing going on, but, you know, we are, like, the best of friends. And once I get to Florida, he thinks I'm going to be coming down to his house all the time, you know. But I'm going to try to look – I'm, I'm going to try to be a little bit further north than he is. He's down, like, as far south as you can go in Florida. I think I'm going to be in the uh, Lauderdale area, so. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We'll see. All right. Um, so to kind of back back up into Stronghold again, you've got an awesome affiliate program, Knights of the Stronghold. Yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, the Knights of the Stronghold is um, is my demo team, and um, we 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 branded them a, a while back, and then we 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 kind of made it really official um, uh, via the uh, via Envoy, and Envoy is a company, and uh, everybody out here is listening to should check into Envoy uh, on some level. Uh, Envoy runs the demo teams of many uh, major and minor publishers out there. Um, and by running a demo team, meaning they they actively recruit people to um, to go you know to to go to stores and go to and go to meetup groups, go to conventions, wherever gamers meet, and to show off games. And they they incentivize them. They'll they'll send you free games, and then you as you get that, you sign up for X number of appearances at your game stores, conventions, meetup groups, etc., like that. So um, you can start by going to my website at strongholdgames.com. At the top, it says Knights of the Stronghold, and, or you can just go to strongholdgames.com slash knights with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, and it'll explain generally what, you know, what the knights are about, and then the, the link will click you over through to Envoy, and you don't have to sign up if you don't want, but what you can do is just find out about them. They have a, a listing for local game stores, so game stores can go there, and they can ensure that their game store is listed, and then the... Knights of the Stronghold and other demo team members from other companies will find you and work with you 
like free help on your board game nights, bringing games in and then demoing them, which will only turn into sales for the local game store. So it's another way that you know we help try to support local game stores. Um, the Knights of the Stronghold come with me or, or show up with, with me at all the major conventions, Origins, Gen Con, Essen, BGG Con, Run the um, run all the games. You know we treat them well, and they're very loyal. I get the same people showing up again and again, and uh, I give them all of the uh, all the props in the world, and because they're so helpful to me. And you know we couldn't run, we couldn't do these conventions without without help from uh, from people like that. So you know thank you to all of those out there who are knights or who want, might want to be a knight or or demo for another game company. There's um, plenty of uh, plenty of ways to like you know to be part of the industry on some level if you'd like to be. Cool. I, I should definitely look into that because we started a, uh, I started a meetup group out here in Arizona, sort of as, uh, you know, because we'll occasionally get things to play test and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, I'll, there's no meetup group down here. I, I've got games to play, I'll, you know, bring some people together. So I'm, I'm doing that once a month already anyway. So <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, and um, uh, you should, yeah, you should definitely, you should definitely get involved with Envoy because then people will also find you. I mean, just the um, you know, other gamers in your area will find you. Uh, more people will bring in games from other companies. So it's, it's, it, you can't lose by, um, by having Envoy involved either with your meetup group, with your store, with your convention. It, it, they will, they will support you in the way that you want them to support you. And via, um, you know, by association, Stronghold is supporting you in the way that you want to support all of our convention support, our club support, our meetup support, our, our, our local game store support. We're driving it through the Envoy program because they're incentivized to do this work, right? They're sort of, they've become like part of my marketing team, right? They're my grassroots marketing team. And that's mm-hmm. important because we, and, and, and this quarter goes back to the asthma day question that you had before. The way to grow this hobby, the way for all of us to, to, to grow this hobby, have more great games coming out, is to do it at that grassroots level, to find more gamers, you know, out there. And, and this is, this is in, in its infancy right now. So there's, you know, 95% of, of the country, of the USA, and, and similar numbers around the world, don't know what a hobby game is. For we can go out there and we can do things to incentivize people to go and find these new gamers and bring them in together. I think we're doing a service to all of us out there. Let's let's be inclusive and get more and more people in this hobby together, and that's going to be where we um, where we succeed together. That's great, and it, and it's great to support those local stores. You know, with the internet being what it is, you know, you can find games you know on Amazon for you know pennies on the dollar sometime, mm-hmm. but you know. To, to really get out, if you want that game, go to your local store, spend a little bit of extra money. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll have that game on the shelf. You can say, you know, they have, you know, free play time. You know, you go in, they'll show you the game. They'll show you how it works. You can, ha- you know, handle all the components and stuff. And, you know, you get support there. And, you know, it keeps that store open. You're, you know, you're helping out your local community. You're helping out, you know, other gamers. And, you know, you go out and meet new people. Like, definitely go to your store, spend your money there. And, yep. you know, and, and, you know, join with that uh, Envoy and, and, you know, join with Stronghold and, you know, go out and demo some games and meet some cool people. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely worthwhile to support those local stores. They're creating that environment and, um, you know, they're keeping the lights on for you and they're giving you a place, you know, that you can go and game, you know, uh, once a week, twice a week, whenever, whenever it's convenient. So I strongly recommend, you know, going there. And while that, I mean, that price might be a little higher than someplace you can find online, in the end, you're helping them out if you can possibly throw some of your money their way as well. So it's a good, it's a win-win all around. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you were saying earlier that, that growth in the industry is about 20% right now. Uh, and, you know, it seems like we're experiencing, uh, you know, just a huge renaissance in, in board games and, you know, all these RPGs and stuff coming out. And, you know, Kickstarter plays, you know, some, some function in that. Um, is Kickstarter... You know, since you're not doing, you know, like, uh, you know, say an unknown person, you know, kind of going through all those development steps, is Kickstarter something that Stronghold would be involved with in the future, do you think, or no? No, it's it's not specifically. Um, I, I had, I've done one and only one game on Kickstarter, and it was only to prove prove a model. I did Space Gets Away missions there because it was a 102 plastic miniature, huge plastics game, $100 price point. I wanted to see if I could be the next Fantasy Flight Games, essentially. Yeah. You know, is there a market there? I want to see if there was a market there for Stronghold Games, and there obviously was. Um, but no, Kickstarter, I mean, Kickstarter is, is a great place. I, I can't say enough about how, 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 it, how important it is if you're a brand new company to, to leverage that platform. It's a very important thing to do. But for an established company, I don't think it's the way to go. I mean, I've said that many times. Um, it, the, um, the backers will ask you for <laughs> things that you shouldn't be doing. They'll try to develop the game for you. But you mm -hmm. see, but we, what we do, I mean, like what a, what a publisher does, what an what a established publisher does, is we bring our background, our intelligence, our skills to bear so that you know that when you buy a Stronghold game, it's been vetted again and again and again. It's not by Joe Blow Games, who, I, who may have a good game, but at the same time is not an established company. And I think that, you know, if you look at game versus game, the established publishers are always going to have, you know, the games that were going to sell the sell better in the hobby and be a cut above the other ones. There are great games on Kickstarter. Don't don't say that I don't like Kickstarter. Or I don't like Kickstarter games. I'm sure there are many, many good games that are done on Kickstarter. And so, in fact, some very big companies have grown up on Kickstarter. Uh, a cool mini or not. I mean, they're not the mm -hmm. second biggest company in this hobby. And they're trying to right now kind of move away from Kickstarter. Um, they're, they're doing that slowly. Um, but all of their big games early on were multi-million dollar Kickstarters, and they were excellent games, certainly brilliantly produced. Um, but I think that, for the most part, um, professional publishers want to or, or will always use the more traditional models, the tr more traditional distribution models to bring out their games, and you can rely on them and the brand names that you know to bring you great games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's become a little bit less of proof of concept and, and almost you know, in some instances, like a, like a pre-order system. It's like, well, we have something, you know, we know we're probably going to do this already anyway. And, you know, what, what are we looking at to, to sell now? <laughs> there are some companies that use it as a pre-order system. Yes. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Certainly there are. <laughs> sure. I, I've, I've, you know, I've, I got in Kickstarter a little bit. I've probably ordered more games than I should have, uh, not as many as other people that I've heard and people that we've had on be like, oh, I backed like 150 different projects. It's like, whoa, I don't know how you're doing that, but I, yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> I mean, for anybody who does it, that's great. And if that's the way that they want to spend their money, there's nothing wrong with that, certainly. I would just hope that they would also be looking at 
the other pr professional publishers that are out there who are using the friendly local game stores and the friendly online game stores, and they're 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 using the more traditional means of of creating their products and distributing their products. Um, Kickstarter is a a focal point certainly, but of course, in the same way, Board Game Geek is a focal point, and see what people are saying about you know the games of publishers like Stronghold Games on Board Game Geek, and you know look at look at us as another way of of what your hobby gaming dollar or your just entertainment dollar in a general term should go toward. Um, I think that's a, that's a very important outlet for you to also view in, in addition to Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. BGG is one of the first places I go or just, you know, generic Google search. So, you know, some, you know, stuff comes across the Twitter or, you know, you pick up threads of a conversation about, you know, this game or that game and it's okay, well, what is it? You know, what's the gameplay like? you know, is this something that I'm going to be interested in, you know, and then kind of move forward from there. If it's, you know, people have, um, you know, uh, video, you know, playthrough videos and all those sorts of things. Like sure. usually when I pick up a new game, I'm on YouTube, you know, I'll read through the rule and I'm, I'm really rule stupid. Like I'll read it and I'll be like, well, it doesn't specifically say that I can't do this. <laughs> Let me go to YouTube and see like, how, you know, how is this, you know, being played? Um, and, and, and that's great too. Um, you know, ancillary to this other stuff, you know, YouTube and, you know, all these reviewers and, and, uh, you know, play, play through, uh, video things and all that kind of stuff is, is really, uh, a boon to people that want to pick up a game. Cause there's just so many options now through traditional, you know, printing and everything else like you guys are doing or Kickstarter. Um, and you know, can be overwhelming, especially for people who aren't, you know, like super into the hobby, like, oh, I know when this game is coming out on Stronghold and I'm on my pre-order and I, you know, I know what the list is for next year and, you know, not everybody is, is that, uh, you know, both feed in like that. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to, you have to leverage all the different, the, all the different uh, pieces of information that you can, you can get your hands on these days and there certainly is an information overload. So, I mean, I can see that's why, one of the reasons why people do like funnel toward a, uh, toward a Kickstarter because they, you know, then they'll click on board games and they'll see what's, what's happening. Um, but definitely, you know, look toward, look toward the geek, look what's happening there. Look at, look at what's on their going cardboard section, their news section. You'll keep abreast of the things that are happening, not only a stronghold, but at many, many, many other publishers that are out there. Yep. Now you were saying earlier that you just had, you know, play tested and play tested, you know, all oh, yeah. these hours and stuff. Do you get to play for pleasure still or, or oh, most yeah. of your playing time? Okay, you're good. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, absolutely. As I mentioned also, I, we, I have a party, sort of a party game night every couple of weeks. Um, right. We have, um, it's called boys game night. You know, the, the, the guys get together and we, we game every, um, every two weeks as well. And, uh, I try to stay away from prototypes um, and uh, and and the testing of games during that, though though it does leak in. But I mean, hey, some of those games, are games are like I'm like we we bring this game back, we're testing it, and we love it. And then we, even though we we probably we might not be able to get the license, we just love it. We'll play it anyway. But um, no, certainly, I mean, gaming is still a love for me, and it's always going to be. So I'm gonna get as much of that in as I can, you know, in addition to doing the, you know, the testing of the 50 games that we brought back from, uh, from Essen. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> out of those 50, how many do you think you, you guys are going to be publishing? <laughs> One, two, <laughs> three. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's only so many you really can do to, um, um, and to focus on, you know, into marketing them or promoting the games, of course. Um, 
We, we've got some really interesting irons in the fire uh, with some companies who we, again, we, you know, we, we talked about the strategic partnerships with some great companies that we've already established. Um, who knows? There could be another one that's going to come out of Essen this year. Hint. No, but it's not even, it's not, <laughs> it's not in stone by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking about things with some other companies as well. So, I mean, every time I do one of those, boom, the catalog, you know, gets picked, gets increases by one, two, three, four games a year right there if I do one of those. So, sure. um, uh, how, I mean, literally how many games will come out of this crop? It's, it's just, it's, it's too early to say. Um, and, you know, it has to be just by definition, just by, because there are just so many games out there and so many games coming out, it has, by definition, it has to be a, a small number, certainly a single digit you know, no, not not over ten, uh, and uh, probably even not over five. It's going to be a, on the lower end of that number. <laughs> but okay, you have to, cool. but you have to test them all. You got to find out which one of the gems, and you know, and you know, sometimes it'll be like, okay, you know what? Let's not let's wait on this one. I mean, normally stronghold games, when we we do a game, we find we find a game, we love it. It's going to be on next year's calendar. But occasionally, there could be a chance of something like you know, like you know what. Why don't we do this and do this big, you know, in, in, in 2018 versus 2017? So there's always a chance that things that from this year can actually spill into a, a year later. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's about all I've got. Um, we do have a thing at the end. We have uh, called the final five. It's five Uh-oh. geeky, nerdy questions I'll throw at you. Uh, but before we roll into that, you want to give out all your contact information. We already talked about strongholdgames.com. Strongholdgames.com, of course, and uh, we have a couple of pre-orders that are still open right now for our last two um, major releases of the year, Sola Fide, The Reformation, and La Granja, The Dice Game, No Siesta, a follow-up uh, standalone game to La Granja. Um, but uh, yeah, so strongholdgames.com, essentially, sign up for our newsletter there. You'll find out about what's going on um, through the course of the year. We are on Twitter. We're very active there, at Stronghold Games. The Facebook page is slash Stronghold Games, of course. And I mentioned Board Games Insider, um, which you can get at BoardGamesInsider.com or um, via iTunes and, uh, and all of your you know, favorite places that podcasts are, are dropped. Um, Ignacy Chevichek and I talking about the industry, and I think um, if you like that kind of talk and you want a little bit of the um, behind-the-scenes look, you want to go and, and check us out there. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. I'm a little nervous about these five questions. I <laughs> hope I don't blow it. You know, no, putting me there, on the spot no is right, very hard. <laughs> no right or wrong answers. And, and, and absolutely, I'm That's glad to They have tell me all the time, and then they sneak up things on me. <laughs> so, right. I, I appreciate you coming on here. So uh, No problem, man. It, it, it's been a lot of fun. So, oh, so we'll jump right in. We'll, we'll, no pause, no hesitation. Star Uh-oh. Trek or Star Wars? Oh, Star Trek, man. Come on. I'm an old school guy. Star Trek, original series. I watched it when I was a kid for the first time during the original run. I was very young, but I remember watching it. <laughs> okay. Did, did you going, like the new movies? Kind of, yeah, no, no, not not one, two, and three. Nonsense. Number seven was number seven was quite good, and I'm gonna be going and seeing um uh Rogue One on opening weekend too. I have a lot of, now that Disney's taken over, I'm very excited by the whole thing. It's um I like Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I like Star Wars. I like and I like episodes four, four, five, six very much. Um they, they took a little detour there with seven with one, two, three, but they're back on track now. It's it's good. <laughs> All right, that's fair. 
Uh, board games or RPGs? Oh, no, board games. I mean, I love, and, and, and it's a very good question. I mean, I love RPGs, and I've been, been there for the longest time. I mentioned D&D, &D and uh, the World of Darkness did some champion system uh, for a while, who a hero system was called, but champions was the, the portion. We, you do superheroes, essentially. Um, probably some other stuff, too, that I, I did, too, that I can't remember right now. Um, uh, and while I, and I'm not in one right now, and while I'd love to be, it's just a time thing, but board games are where it's at. Board games, it's a, a nice, condensed, you know, experience. It could be a 10-minute experience. Sometimes it could be a three-, four-hour experience, but it's that great experience that you hang out with your friends and you play it, and then you have some stories to tell afterwards. Cool. All right. DC or Marvel? Ooh. Ah. Uh, um... <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm such a huge Batman fan. You know, I think he's the ultimate superhero, you know, um, and I have some love for quite a few of the, the Justice League characters in general. I really hope that the Justice League movie, you know, works out as, as good as it can. Um, but I got to say Marvel is just Marvel and, and their very different kinds of heroes, superheroes that they have in that universe is, is a, is it's just a cut above, I think. And certainly what they've done with the MCU, right? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, my God. It's, it's just like bringing these, 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 these superheroes to life. I mean, they're real. They're like real. You're like, you know, I want to I be, be an Avenger. I want to be a, or I want to be a sidekick. I want to be like working with, uh, with these guys. So, yeah, I got I to gotta go Marvel. But it's hard. Yeah, I, I think far and away, Marvel, Marvel takes the lead in this, in this polling question. I should just change it to Batman or Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and I mentioned both. There you go. Well, you know, again, you know, there's so much great stuff that, that DC has done, but it's mostly, it hasn't come into, onto the big screen. They've been way, 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 way lagging on the big screen. So most people's experience, I think, these days is the big screen. But, you know, their comic book stuff is great. And they're, you know, not that I'm a huge comic book guy, but their comic book stuff is great. And their animated stuff is great. So, but Marvel, I think overall, I think Marvel's got to take it. Mm-hmm. All right. Sci-fi or fantasy? Oh, now that's, that's rough. <laughs> I, 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 and it's like, that's like slicing the baby. I mean, I just, I am the. You I can say the, both. It's okay. I, I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest Tolkien nerd you'll you'll ever I'll make I like I'll start like debating things that happen in the Silmarillion with you and stuff like that and uh you know I, I'm looking right now I'm in my I'm in like the Stronghold Games office you can see the silly little like logo back there I, I hang that on the door over there but on the other side of this I have like bookshelves like you have um and uh, I'm looking at the Tolkien companion and uh and the Silmarillion they're actually sitting there I, I and I just noticed that as I as I said this oh look he's going to his shelf too great here we go. I have both of those. They're right next to each other. Look at it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Hold on. Hold on. I probably have. Oh, here's another one. The, oh, oh, this is. Oh, we're like, we're geeking out here. So, okay. So, I got to like look and see what I'm. I got to ch change over to my picture. I can show you. All right. So, there's the Tolkien Companion and there's the Silmarillion, right? You can see that. Mm -hmm. And then yep. right next to that, I had sitting there. The languages of Middle Earth. So, <laughs> if you want to learn Elvish, here's your book for you right there. I haven't, I haven't cracked this book open in a really long time, but yeah, there you go. There's I see you got me beat now. There's some Elvish <laughs> for you right there. So, um, so um, I love, love that world of fantasy. I love Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones is maybe the single greatest 
piece of television ever done. I mean, it's it's just that amazing. I mean, when you spend like $3 million an episode, HBO yeah, well. can create the greatest <laughs> television of all time. I mean, they just have all the resources in the world to do that. So um, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I can't pick. They're like two children of mine that can, you cannot pick your favorite. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That, that, that's fair. We, we have people say both. I, I can't yeah. be up over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you just heard me how, how I talked about fantasy. So maybe that's the default, but no, I love, yeah. I, I love sci-fi so much and I have so many games in this. And, you know, sci-fi is great because, and, and I mean, fantasy for the same reason, but sci-fi truly is something you can just, you can, anything you can possibly think of, you can, you know, it could be created in, in a science fiction universe. Similarly in fantasy, but really in sci-fi, because now we have every possible bizarre thing in every universe and stuff. So both of them are just amazing. Sure. All right. Well, well, let me ask you. This isn't one of the questions, but since we're talking about HBO, are you watching Westworld right now? Oh no, no, I'm not. But I, I've been hearing some really great things about it. So what I want to do is I want to go back watch the old movie again because I haven't seen that in like 20 years. I think mm. watch yeah, that, yeah. get that in my head, and then start watching it because I hear I hear it's great. I hear it's one of the um, the, the newest things that have come out that is just really really good. So it's it's on my radar. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not caught up because I'm not caught up on anything. But uh, yeah, it's it's really good. And you know, if you really get into the story, it's really really dark. Like it's yeah, it, it's really good. Excellent. I'm watching um, a couple of sci-fi series that are like in hiatus now: Dark Matter, Killjoys, and The Expanse. And those things are just off the charts. Amazing. Uh, another like these like you know sci-fi series that like you know just came out of nowhere almost and like wow, just great stuff. Did you watch The Strain or no? No, I, I did sci-fi. not. I did not see that. I did not see that one. I, I had uh, DVR the whole first season, never watched it, and now I'm seeing commercials for the second or third season. I'm like, man, I really should have watched that because <laughs> <laughs> it looks really good now. But. Eh. It's only so many hours in the day. I know, there is. All right, and the last question is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, um, oh, my gosh, one superpower. Um, I don't think I want to read people's minds. It's too scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Super strength would be really cool. Invulnerability. I, I'm, I'm such, I, love, I love Wolverine. I love everything about him, his attitude. And so he's like one of my favorites. So I'm going to go with like, you know, his, you know, invulnerability or healing power. I think it's like, like, it's like just really, really cool. That'd be cool. I would That's mind it. that. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge X-Men nerd. I mean, I think that they're like, this is such a great group of, of heroes. And I think he empowers like, you know, that whole, that whole, like I can be alone. I can be alone or yet I can work in this group because, you know, we're working for the better good and kind of thing. So, so I'll take one of his, and he, he's got a few of them there. So. <laughs> right. The, the ultimate chaotic, good character type. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really. That's exactly what he is. Really looking forward to his last, uh, Hugh Jackman's last, uh, turn in in that character uh in wolverine uh that comes out in um in march yeah Um, i thought he wasn't doing another one but yeah i I saw the previews for that so i was like okay cool this is his last one i mean he's getting 
sadly long in the tooth at this point, but you know, he still looks great. But you know, at some point Wolverine's not supposed to age, at least yeah, not at the yeah. same rate, same rate as you or I and Hugh Jackman does. But um, right. Jackman is amazing. He's absolutely a brilliant actor in everything he does. And uh, no, I'm really looking forward to this. I think that um, they can, um, they can, and I've heard a little bit about how they're going to, how they're going to deal with this movie. And it just sounds like they're picking the exact way of like closing it out with him. So, um, Again, that's a, I, look, I, I, look, I look to the future movies as well. As soon as I hear they're out, I'm like, oh, when's that coming out? I put it on my calendar. <laughs> March 2017, I will be there opening night, guaranteed, unless I'm at a convention or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. This, this was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you taking the time out and, uh, and chatting with us for a little bit. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. This is great. I mean, have me on any time. Just give me another ring, and we'll, uh, we'll do it again if you have, uh, if you have some time. Absolutely. I'll, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. It's not like I, I'm not a shy guy. I like, I like this kind of stuff. So anytime when I have a chance to do it, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. All right. Like I said, my email, I, while you're the open gregarious and you want to be doing this, when we started this, I was like, Oh my God, this is such a horrible idea. Why, why are we doing this? This was bad. This was no. Nah, and, it's, a, uh, it's a good thing. Just, you know, you know, you're giving, you're, put, you're putting more stuff out there for gamers, you know, when, and when they're not playing games, they're actually watching us jerks talk about games. They're obviously the kind of people that I want to talk to. So, and I want to exactly. make good contact with. So this is a good thing. Thank you very much again for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give out our details here at the end. Uh, you can find this awesome podcast and all of our other cool content at legendsoftabletop.com. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you could reach out to us at legendsoftabletop at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Legends Tabletop. Uh, we're on Player FM, iTunes, SoundCloud. You can find the RSS feed. We're all over the place. Just put us into Google and you'll find us. Uh, Check the website for the calendar, which I have pulled up. Next week, we're going to have James Ernst on of Cheap Ass Games. Week after, we're going to have Michael from the Easy Roller Dice Company coming on again. And last week in November, I'm going to be releasing an interview I did with Andy Looney from Looney Labs at uh, RingCon convention here uh, back uh, early part of October. So it's a little late, but uh, frees up my week. So you guys are going to get it then. So thanks for everybody checking it out, and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.